significant events of the last 1,000 years. Carol Cusack uh, from the University of Sydney's Religious Department is part of that, uh, of that look back. And Carol joins me in the studio this morning. Hi, Carol. Morning, Lisa. Thanks for your time. Oh, it's okay. So from what I gathered, you're up to the 14th century now. Is we that are. Okay. What are we talking about today? The Black Death. Black Death. I don't know much about the Black Death, so... That's okay. <laughs> fill me in. <laughs> We've been trying to kind of give a broad range of events for the, the millennium and... Um, the Black Death is the first disaster we've decided to look at because disasters are part of human life mm -hmm. just as, as good things are. Mm -hmm. And it was an enormous pandemic, a plague, which spread through Europe basically over four years, 1347 to 1351, um, in three forms, um, bubonic plague, pneumonic plague and septicemic plague. And even though it's very difficult for modern historians to estimate population and mortality, um, there seems to be a general consensus that in virtually all communities at least 25% of the population died and in some communities it was as high as 50 Mm. And where did it, how did it begin? What were, were its origins? Or <laughs> am I putting you on the spot by asking no, that? No, no, really it's noticed. a good question. Um, it's generally believed that it began around about the Gobi Desert, getting over towards China, what yeah. is now Mongolia, in about 1330. So it took about 17 years to reach Europe, to travel west. Mm -hmm. Um, the first rumours and anxieties about it reached Europe in the late 1330s, about 1338, 1339, um, because interestingly, there were actually Christian communities in Mongolia in particular. Um, they were an odd band of heretics called Nestorians, but people did have contact with them, mm -hmm. you know, occasional um, messages travelled between them, and their community was virtually wiped out in 1338, 1339. But in general, medieval Europeans weren't worried. They thought the East, which actually we were talking about in last week's program, uh, was a place full of infidels and you know yeah. weird things and evil people and just because something was happening there didn't mean that it was actually going to affect Europe. So they would have known that this was going on? The forms of communication were good enough to know that that had happened? Those people who were interested in communication uh -huh. knew. Uh, people like um, the diplomatic service for the Emperor in Constantinople, uh -huh. he definitely heard what had happened. The big shock really hit in 1345 when it turned up in the Crimea and there were actually quite a few outposts of European Christian culture there. Uh, Italian cities and Byzantium had trading outposts mm -hmm. and um, the net result of that was just virtually mass death everywhere. And so people began to be very, very anxious. And in October of 1347, the fateful year, it turned up in Messina in Sicily. And at that point, you just there was no stopping. Right, right. So it was close before, but now it's right there. Yes. Mm. Coming through, through trade, basically. People on ships, mm. especially, and overland traders. Mm, mm. Okay, so there are three sorts of fevers, essentially. Um, bubonic, Monic, pneumonic. pneumonic and septicemic. Right. So did one start first and uh, the other and graduate to the others? Or? No, they're all related. Mm. Um, bubonic plague was the most common form. Uh, what happened was people developed these hard lumps, which were called um, bubos, uh, and they then that was followed by swollen lymph glands and then capillaries and blood vessels under the skin began to burst and the bubos became really big and kind of darkish coloured because they had kind of pools of blood in them, rather like blood blisters. Bubonic plague was pretty disgusting, yes. but you could survive it. Um, the modern estimates are that it killed probably 
50 to 60 percent of people who came down with it um, it usually had about a five to nine day cycle and if the buboes burst and you survived that you would get better and mm. you, you'd generally be okay mm. pneumonic plague was by far the greatest killer killed at least 90 percent of its victims possibly higher in some places and it was like a sort of super fast-tracked version of um, um, tuberculosis you would start to cough but within two days you'd be bringing up bloody sputum and mm. you basically would just die collapse and it was dangerous because it made the plague airborne when you were coughing it made it a lot easier for people to catch it the septicemic plague killed the fewer yeah you know, the smallest number of people and was the hardest one to track and that of course produces blood poisoning mm. um but of course it wasn't as spectacularly obvious mm. as the other two kinds so were there um re- reasons given for this, um, <laughs> this plague? Well, a lot of churchmen, um, interestingly, both Christian and Muslims, because the Islamic world was terribly devastated by the plague as well, they believed that God was punishing yes. uh, human beings for various people, various um, cr- crimes or sins. Um, the Byzantine emperor was the first person to articulate this perspective. He thought it was because the Christian world had been trading with the Arabs. And, you know, Muslims were mm-hmm. enemies of God, infidels, mm-hmm. you know, not good Christian people. Mm-hmm. Um, so God presumably was punishing them. And in Germany, along the Rhine Valley and some of the other river valleys, uh, a group called the Flagellants emerged in 1348 who um, marched in bands from 30 to 300 people, whipping themselves generally till mm-hmm. they died as an act of penitence, the idea that God would stop this terrible plague if enough people repented, if they were really, really sorry. Um, It didn't seem to work, actually, because it went on for a very long time. Um, Another thing that happened, which is pretty horrible, is that particularly in Germany, again, though also in what is now Belgium and and the Netherlands and some parts of France, um, a lot of Christians massacred Jewish people because they thought that that was another reason why God might be angry with them, that they shouldn't have been tolerating Mm. non-Christians in their society. Mm. Some people tried to bring up sane things. There were actually doctors and physicians who tried to say no this is actually just a medical thing (laughs) well they didn't really understand how disease worked which was the big problem um the most interesting collection of doctors i think are the ones who were in avignon who were the pope's doctors the pope at this time was a guy called clement the sixth and he had nine physicians and three surgeons um quite a lot of them actually died of the plague but they did try very hard to do things that would actually um, kind of halt it, yes. The most famous one of them was one of the surgeons, a fellow called Guy de Chauliac, and he is rumoured, I don't know exactly how truthful this is, to have saved the life of the Pope by putting him into a major chamber of the the Papal Palace and lighting two enormous fires, one at the end of each of, of the chamber in the fireplaces. And, I mean, Avignon in summer can get to stinkingly hot temperatures anyway but the theory is now that it killed all the fleas and that was one of the reasons why the pope remained safe from infection but it was pretty clear that de chauliac the physician himself he didn't actually know that it was kind of a a pure he was trying a kind of purifying idea would Mm. this work Mm. you know Mm. 
And there's some sad stories. There's an uh, Italian chronicler called Viani who wrote an account of the, of the plague and he put in his diary the plague ended and he left a blank for the year but he himself actually died in 1348 so he didn't see the end of it. So did you say that it started in 1347? Well, although, in Europe. Yeah, in yeah. Europe. And then ended in 51? Yes. In 1351? Yes. Was it? So four years. Right, for four years. Yeah. Of, and yeah. is there any real reason why it ended or did it just run out? Or It ran out presumably... It, there must have been some people who had some resistance to mm. it anyway. Other people who had caught the bubonic strain and recovered mm. and consequently were inoculated, mm -hmm. to use a sort of modern expression. Um, it came back, however, in six to ten year cycles. Um, and Europe, for at least a hundred years afterwards, the population steadily declined. It, it, it distressed people terribly. They felt like they didn't really want to have any children. They felt like there was, was no point. Everything was just so dreadful. Um, you know, they were shoveling bodies into huge pits everywhere they went. You know, it was terrifying, mm. something I think we would find hard to kind of imagine. Mm. So the result then sort of psychologically on that on, on history at that point, did it, did it sort of stop? I mean, is, that a, is it too big a thing to say? Too it's not a question? even it's just psychologically. Um, so different scholars have taken different viewpoints, but Gottfried, whose book The Black Death I like, uh, is quite sociologically oriented. And he sees the plague and its aftermath as profoundly changing medieval society. It made people less trustful of the established order. It made them less certain that the priests and the aristocrats knew really what was good for mm. them. Mm. There were lots of revolts. The Jacquerie, led by Etienne Marcel in Paris in 1358. The Ciompi in Italy in 1378. The Peasants' Revolt in England in 1381. Largely because the work workforce was so diminished. There was too much work to do and people started agitating for workers' rights and for better conditions. Um, it's the beginning of a kind of uh, rise of the working and the bourgeoisie classes rather than the aristocracy which had hitherto dominated medieval culture. Some people even say it is one of the defining things that brought about modernity as we understand it, mm. that people lost a lot of faith and began this kind of questioning, more cynical mm. sort of attitude mm. as to you know, what's it all about? Because to that point, they'd had answers, essentially. Yeah. They'd been able to provide answers for it. Answers the aristocracy that, had. that worked, yeah. yeah. And they didn't seem to work after this. Mm. Fabulous. Thank you very much for that. It's been fun. <laughs> Thank and, you. And um, you'll be back with Sally next week? Yes. Okay. I think next week we're talking about Columbus and the discovery of America. Oh, something a bit happier. <laughs> well, yeah. a, bit, a bit different anyway, at least into the 15th century. Not so happy for the Indians. No, that's right. Absolutely. Thanks, Carol. Carol Cusack from uh, the Religious Department at the University of Sydney. And next week, of course, it'll be the 15th century after the plague today. Thanks, Carol. It's uh, 28 to 11. It's time to find out again uh, what's happening in the news. Good morning, John Logan.